Hey, everyone. It's Robert Poole again. On the last episode, we talked about how critical follow-up is to your business. Today, we're going to go into some specific strategies to implement this into your business. Let's get started. You have a small B2B business. Are you frustrated with the lack of resources to grow in B2B? So where do we go to learn how to grow our B2B business? Should we focus on traditional offline methods, online techniques, or both? How do we bring in more clients and revenue and yet keep our sanity? I'm Robert Poole. Join me as I share two decades of B2B growth experience, learn new techniques, and combine both offline and online growth strategies to grow my own business. If you're listening to this podcast, you're part of an elite group of achievers who aren't willing to settle for just a nine-to-five job. Welcome to the tribe and welcome home. Hey, everyone. Hope you're having an awesome day. In the last episode, we talked about the importance of properly done follow-up, both for getting new clients in the door and keeping those you have. In this episode, I want to talk to you about how to make sure you're avoiding the pitfalls many of us, including me, have fallen into and how to implement an effective strategy for both prospecting, follow-up, and growing your business. First, I want to tell you briefly about how we stumbled on some of these ideas. You know, when we first started as a company, I mentioned in a previous episode, we did cold calling for our clients and that was it. We'd either take their call list or generate one ourselves and have our callers generate appointments or leads and then just email the information to our client. And that was the end of our job. Sometimes uh, you can learn more about what product or service you should be selling by talking to your clients and observing their behavior than all the brainstorming you and your team can do. Your clients will tell you verbally or by their actions what they need from you. So all you have to do is listen, build the product, and boom, your client's needs are filled instead of trying to just stuff things down your client's throat, whether they want it or not. It's certainly something that I've been guilty of, and it's very easy to fall in love with your product or service instead of your clients. But that's a rant for a different episode. Originally, we started in 2002 when email was just starting to be used more commonly by people. Uh, we found that when we set up an appointment or generated a lead for our client and emailed it to them, oftentimes they really didn't do anything with it. A lot of our clients at the time were from an older established business demographic who weren't real tech savvy. We realized that once we handed out a lead or booked an appointment, they rarely did any follow-up. We figured it was because they didn't have decent email marketing materials, which was true in most cases. They didn't even have a website. Instead of letting the clients blame us and say the leads didn't pan out, which they did, uh, and even though it was their fault for not following up, we decided to provide them with pre-written marketing materials in the CRM we had built for them. We thought, great, now they have no excuse and they'll get um, more advantage of the leads that we send out to them. But we quickly realized that even though they had that capability to follow up and send out things now, that they were either scared, intimidated, or just plain too disorganized to do it. And this is what I mean when I say you have to pay attention not only to what they say, but more importantly, what they do. To solve this problem, we took it to the next step and we set up an automated email campaign for them using their personalized email marketing materials, including a mix of value-added content and text-based emails. This significantly enhanced the results of our clients were getting because some of the follow-up was being done. However, once again, our clients' behavior told us they needed more. We noticed that we would send out an automated email campaign using the return email address of the client so they'd get the replies, and clients would be confused on what to do next. Should they stop the future emails? What should they say if the prospect just replies, thanks, I got it? What if the person tells them to pound sand and cusses them out via email? What should they do if an undeliverable email comes back? To handle this, we built a system to manage uh, email replies to our clients' marketing emails so that replies would come to us and then our team could review and decide where to go from there and what kind of follow-up was needed 
based on the response. With the replies sent directly to us, we were able to handle those emails for our client. You know, if a prospect was interested enough to agree to an appointment, we would notify our clients so they could do what they do best, quote and close. This also enables us to shield our clients from the mundane daily replies of, yeah, I got it, check back in six months, you know, take me off your work list or, you know, the worst replies, of course. It's hard to focus on your business when you get that one bad email in the morning from a customer who calls you names and it's just nasty. I mean, nobody likes that. While emails are a great automated way of doing follow-up, we also found that our clients weren't doing the follow-up calls, ever. We figured that uh, they just needed a reminder email that says, hey, call this prospect today or whatever. You know, with some clients this worked, but for most of them it didn't. And for the reason we talked about, you know, on the episode of follow-up and why some people have a difficulty with it. We knew we needed to start doing the follow-up calls for our client. This was the strategy that completed the follow-up loop uh, in number four, the components of the follow-up I talked about in the last episode. You know, we use a similar uh, approach today, and it's been extremely successful for our own growth with new clients, but also with our clients' businesses. It's an example of the power of good follow-up. Okay, so that's a long rant, and I'm sure you're like, okay, Robert, that's great, but, you know, yes, your company, how do I implement this into my business? Well, there are two uh, big lessons to take from this experience with our company. The first is listening to what your clients are telling you they want, and more importantly, what their behavior is showing uh, should be the driving force between what product or service you're offering them. This is a, a term called duct tape marketing. If you haven't heard it, it's basically comes back from when cars were a new thing and people were just making the transition from horse and buggy to cars. And car dealerships started noticing that when some customers drove their car off a lot, they literally taped a mirror to the window so they could see behind them. They were telling the car dealers that they wanted to be able to see the car behind them without turning their head. They didn't verbally tell them, but the dealers watched their behavior and learned from what they needed to include in their product. You know, so I would really challenge you to look at your business and the behavior of your customer and clients. What do they do with your product or service? What do they buy in tandem with your product? Are they verbally telling you they want X feature or service? My earliest business mentor was a man named Jerry Eames. He was a very successful real estate investor and multiple business owner in the Northeast. He taught me way back in my 20s that business is really simple. You just find out what your customer wants and actually deliver it with an awesome experience. Don't make it more complicated than that. The second thing I'd like you to take away from today is the example of the full circle of the follow-up system. Like most things, if you don't systemize it, it's unlikely to happen consistently and with the same results. So you want to develop a very specific follow-up plan for new and existing clients and automate or outsource as much of it as you can. Make sure you're addressing all four of the components of an effective follow-up system. Your follow-up should be appropriately timed. Should you be contacting your prospect weekly, monthly, quarterly? Two, your follow-up system should provide value-added content for the prospect. I mean, no one likes getting another useless email that's just a sales solicitation. Three, personalize the content you're sending. Instead of sending a fully formatted HTML uh, fancy design with graphics that, you know, some award-winning designer made, you know, send just a simple text mail that says, Hey, Bob, I want to check in with you. I saw this article. I thought you might find it interesting. Here's the link or something like that. Lastly, just make some kind of personal connection outside of email. This generally means a phone call or an in-person drop-by visit uh, for B2B. But, you know, if your prospect is a big social media user or on LinkedIn or whatever, you could direct message them. Either way, try to make a real connection with that person. Now, all of this sounds like a lot, but, you know, you'd be amazed how well it can be done and how it can work once it's set up. Our company, Sales Double offers this complete system to our clients, and we're certainly a good choice for some B2B businesses, and probably not for others, as we're very selective on who we take as clients, and that's a 
another uh, episode's topic. But, uh, you know, there are uh, other companies that do each of the individual components of this follow-up system, and you just have to manage the different components. You can find companies that allow timed email campaigns that used uh, in conjunction with materials your email design or marketing person develops, or, you know, you can outsource that as well. Uh, I'm not going to mention specific companies as they come and go, and it's easier just to Google what you're looking for. But next is the generating the quality content to use in the follow-up. You know, would your dream customer be interested in a white paper, a case study? Would they like a link to a cool article you found? Things like that. It just depends on your industry and the size of your customer's business. Personalization of email is combined with the first two concepts. When looking for a company to design emails and write copy, make sure it can be customized to be more personal than just a simple salutation. And make sure that it can combine text as well as other richer content. And make sure that they can send at intervals appropriate to your prospect and not just like a newsletter that everybody gets at the same time. Lastly, figure out a way to work on that personal connection with your prospect. For most B2B businesses, this is in the form of follow-up calls. Have someone in your office do the follow-up calls for you or your salespeople as, you know, it really establishes you as the expert and someone important enough to have an assistant setting an appointment for you. This, again, to, can be outsourced to a company uh, like Sales Double if you don't want to manage it in-house, or you can have uh, somebody in your office do it. I hope this is helpful. Uh, in the next episode, we're going to talk about getting an outsider's perspective of your business and escaping the groupthink that companies all fall into eventually. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening today. I hope you learned something you can implement right away. I know your time is valuable, and it's an honor to serve you. Please subscribe and rate this show on iTunes and give me your honest feedback and what future subjects would help you out the most. I also put together a short ebook on some of the top lessons I've learned in 20 years in a B2B business. You can download a free copy at growyourb2bcompany.com. That's growyourb2bcompany.com.